Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Saved it for tonight. So here we go. We're in Matthew. I'm still in Matthew. Uh, Just uh, uh, chapter number 8 is where I'm at. Matthew chapter number 8, allow me to read, uh, to get it in context, allow me to read down through 34. I know we've had a lot of reading tonight. It's been sweet, it's been sweet, and uh, <clears throat> this is uh, familiar. We just had this in Sunday school. It don't seem like it's been that long ago. Brother Gordon was studying through Matthew and, and, uh, and then Luke. And here we go, I'm on this same story tonight. Concerning the maniac of Gadara, now we have two uh, Gergesenes here in this story, but somebody, don't let that confuse you. If there, two, if there was two, there also had to be, uh, uh, okay, just making sure. Uh, Matthew 8 and 28, and I told uh, Lexi, I told you it's 26, honey, tonight. I'm sorry about that, but it's 28, and if you found that, say amen for me. And when he was come to the other side of the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? I'm, I'm going to preach this for a bit or teach or however this goes on this thought, time of torment. Amen. Time of torment. Because it's not exclusively to these two men right here. And, and there, were the, there was a good way off from them and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him saying, now devils are demons is what that's in reference to saying, if thou cast us out, suffer or allow us to go away into the herd of swine. That's proof that demons desire a body. They desire a body. And uh, I'll go on before I get started here. And he said unto them, go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. Father, I love you. Thank you for the night. Thank you. 
Amen. Uh, time of torment. Time of torment. Huh. Now, torment is not, he says in Mark or Luke 1. I, anyway, you got this story in three different uh, 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 gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mark and Luke been a little, Luke, Dr. Luke always giving more detail than the other writers. But as Brother Gordon taught us, Matthew's a Jewish audience. Understand that. You read Matthew, read it with this in mind. He's got mostly a Jewish audience. He's talking to the Jew first, also to the Greek. And it is this, he's speaking to him and typifying Christ as king or he's typifying himself as king throughout this book. Now, of Matthew. But here we have this. We, we know that we have three, we, we, we have two tribes of Israel and a half tribe that chose to stay on the other side of the Jordan and not go over and possess the land that God told them he wanted them to have. Are you with me on that? Now those two, uh, two and a half tribes is this. The half tribe was Manasseh out of Joseph. And, 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 and half of them wanted to stay over on uh, the east side of the Jordan. And also the tribe of Reuben and the tribe of Gad. Well, they call this the land of Gergesenes or the land of the Gadarenes. Gadara is what it started out in. So when they didn't go and possess the land that God wanted them to have, they wind up being pig farmers. Something that was not allowed by the law according to the word of God. But they're not concerned. They're doing their own thing. And when you do your own thing, you open yourself up to spirits. Now, let's, let's clear something up tonight. If greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, then an then evil spirit couldn't indwell me. If he could indwell me where the Holy Ghost lives, that would mean that he was more powerful than the Holy Ghost. But it's easy to quench the spirit. And so we may not be indwelled, but we can be greatly influenced. Now, you can be tempted. You can be tempted, and, and there's, there's not a safe person in this room right here that's not giving in to some temptation throughout your Christian walk if it's nothing but eating too many donuts. Hallelujah. Say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. We'll just keep eating them. You'll be like Jack Lasker. We'll go to your funeral. I love him. He stood right here and preached. And he eat to he eat himself to death. So things in moderation. Here we go. So they're there. They're having trouble. They're hog farmers, not doing what they're supposed to do. And they, the, the two men recorded in Matthew two. There's a reason. I'm just not really. You ever get a thought on a piece of scripture? You just don't have it rooted out. You got your own theory. But don't preach theories. Preach the word of God. And so uh, there's two here mentioned. But the, the main character, the main character is revealed in Mark and Luke. The, the spokesman, if you would. Okay. Now, I'm not going to get into all that because I want to consider three times. Three times and three different peoples or person that is tormented, okay? 
You're going to need your Bibles. You're going to need your Bibles tonight. I tell you, I didn't scrap on something here and run around the room. I want you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 14. Isaiah 14. I want you to turn there. And, and, and as we're turning to Isaiah 14, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that I know, I'm not ignorant to this fact, that this is in reference to a king, uh, an earthly king, but in the fact that it's in reference to an earthly king, it's pointing to someone greater than that on that road. How many in here, all these years I've been here, here's what we've learned. We've learned there is near prophecy and there is far prophecy. Amen. A plus. So we know that there's near prophecy. Near prophecy here is speaking toward a king. Far prophecy, he's typifying this king is representing someone I believe it to be the devil. There's a lot of people that believe the same thing. Not everybody believes that. They think it's exclusively speaking to the king. I want us to recognize a couple of things concerning this. So we find in verse number 12, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Now, son of the morning. We know that Lucifer is this. He is an imitator and a counterfeit to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He wants to imitate or portray what Jesus did. Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning. And we find in Revelation 22, Jesus said, I'm the bright morning star. I'm the bright morning star. And what Jesus that fell, so it's not, we know it's not talking about him. There's kings that fall, and I know it's in reference also to a Babylonian king. I'm not ignorant of that fact. But I'm seeing here something the Babylonian fall happened. Now, when Isaiah's prophesying this, the Babylonian fall had not happened. Are you with me? But now we're, we're looking back. So we're looking at this. We're looking at Lucifer and past torment. Say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know that that torment, would, you could consider this torment. Let me tell you, when he couldn't take over what he wanted to, Jesus said in Luke 18 and 10, he's, or 10 and 18, I may have that backwards. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And from that time, I'm convinced he's been tormented. That he didn't succeed. And then he tried it again on Jesus, and he failed again. O Lucifer, son of the morning, how art thou falling, cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. What did this thief come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, the earthly Babylonian king knew he couldn't do that. How do you know that? Because he said there ain't no God like Daniel's God. When he looked up and saw four men walking around in a the fire, them boys come out and didn't even smell like smoke. He said, they ain't nobody like their God. But this guy's saying, I'm going to exalt the throne of the stars of God. Now I'll sit also in the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. You're going to know the location of God. He's telling us. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. No, you won't. No, you won't. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. That means the place of the dead, by the way. 
to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof that opened not the house of his prison? I've got a message I preach out of this called the perfect prison. I'll use this as my text in that. Well, I see a fall of him, and I believe from the time, if you've got a Reese chronological Bible, you find this. This is about the third verse in that Bible. It comes down, the first verse would be John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. You find that. Then you find Genesis 1 where God created. Then you're going to come and, 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 and he, Reese, he said, he saw the fall of Luke. 10 and 18 or 18, whichever one you get. Satan beheld, beheld him as lightning fall from heaven. He's cast out. So he's tormented. What, what, how can you prove that he's tormented? What does he do? He's the accuser of the bread. So he still has access. He still has access. Oh, he's making accusations against us. Raising accusations against us. But praise God, I'm glad my advocate stands up and says, Case dismissed, praise God. Not guilty. Torment. I'm considered. Lucifer in his past torment. Now, I believe that extends only in the future. But right now, I believe from the time it happened, he knows, he knows that he's going to lose an end. How would he know that? Listen, he knows, he knows that God's God. They knew who Christ was right here. The demons knew who Jesus was when he showed up. Now, so I'm going somewhere else real quick. I'm going somewhere. Lucifer, Lucifer and, and past torment. But I want us to consider it now. The living and present torment. The word torment means to torture or toil. Here in the Greek. When we get, to, when we get back here to Matthew in this particular chapter and verse. Matthew, it means to torture. To be tortured. There's something. How many know that you can be tortured somewhere besides mashing your finger? And, and this torture, in my opinion, is worse than mashing a thumb. You can doctor a mashed thumb, but it's hard to doctor torture or toil up here between your ears. That's the difficult part. When that thing begins, and you know what the devil attacks. Listen, it's our minds. So I don't believe he can do that. Sure he can. Sure he can. Is anybody in here better than Jesus? No. You know what he attacked him with? His mind. If thou be the son of God. Now if he used that on the Christ, what do you think he's going to use on us? <coughs> he's very effective when he does it. Here's what he says. So and so said something about you. Mad and hurt, angry, injured, tortured, tormented, the living. Now, these guys that's been tormented, he has his wealth in life. That's when he said, when the evil spirit leaves the house and the guy sweeps it, garnishes, doctor, cleans the house up himself, but he don't fill it back up with then the, then the evil spirit comes back with seven. It's worse than one he was in the first place. Come back seven more. Look, you got to put the right spirit in or the wrong spirit just come back with more spirit. Amen. Is anybody with me? Amen. Now, you know what 
You get Jesus answering three prayers about him. He answered the prayers of the devils. They said, hey, suffer us, allow us to go into the halls of the swine. She said, go. Answer. Then when the people come back, they want him to leave, and he answers them. You know the only one he don't answer? The guy he. You know what he said about him? He said, I want to go with you. He said, you can't go. That don't seem fair. No, he needed to go back where he was so everybody could see what happened to him. There's a different fellow. What happened to you? I met a guy named Jesus. And you know what? Where was he? He came where I was. I mean, he just showed up. Here he comes. I'm out there running naked in the graveyard, cutting people, cutting myself, tied up. I mean, I'm bad to the bone. And all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and fixes me. They was living in present torment. I wonder how many, somebody in here tonight might be living in present torment. I mean, nothing make you happy. Sad, mad, all the bad all the time, just nothing good. Christians can get into the place. That's why David said this about it. He said, restore unto me the joy. And plus, we know what it said, the joy of thy salvation. Just put the joy back in. I know it's a land of hills and valleys. And I'm not, somebody asked Pat, said, is he like that all the time? She said, only when he's preaching. Because <laughs> it's hard to get here. It's hard to get ready. But once you get going, it's not you anymore. The helper shows up. And then, praise God, the glory rolls and the joy comes. And you can instruct others how to be joyful. And when you get down, you're the same old guy Living, present, tormented. I mean, they're tormented by the past. They're tor tormented by the things going on in their life. They can be tormented by a lot of things. Jesus would have us live above our torments. He said, hey, he said these things are spoken to you that your joy might be full. That, that, that's why I spoke this to you in John 17. That's a good thing to read every day. That just, I just want you to be full of joy. Are you still with me? Amen. Now, living in present torment, it's not always, you may be in torment, and it may not be anything to your fault. It may be to someone you're associated with, you work with, you're related to, or it could be a child or a parent or a grandparent. There's just a whole lot of things or a situation. There's a whole lot of things. Let me, let me show you something. In 2 Timothy 3, in 3, it says this. In the latter, last, this know also that the last time, perilous times will come. Perilous times shall come. Yeah. And in that line, I'm not quoted all, but in that line, he said, there'll be those that are des despisers of those that are good. We shouldn't be shocked when people don't like us. Amen. If you're trying to live right for God and not in perfection, nobody, none righteous, no, not one. My righteousness is only in Him. But we're doing our dead love. We're praying. We're reading the Bible. We're coming to church. We're seeking God. 
We're just living the Christian life. And you'll suffer persecution. And there'll be despisers of those that are good. I looked that up this afternoon. And this, this spoke to me. Despisers means hostile. So it, it, it doesn't mean that they just don't like you. No, they come against you. They're hostile to you. That's what we can expect. And you know what? You know what? Sometimes it feels like torment when they're hostile to you. you say, I'm, I've never done anything to them. You don't have to. You're just on a different team. You're on the, you're on the team of righteousness, and they're on the team of wickedness. You're not under condemnation, and they're under condemnation. You're living, in, and you're the light, and they're the darkness, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. They don't like us. So don't be shocked. It's like, oh, Mr. Lord, I can't believe they don't like me. Hell, love. They're not going to like it. He said, the world hated me. What's he going to do, Brother Junior? It'll hate you. It'll hate you. You know what that is? That's some living, that's present torment. Uh, don't be shocked. Don't be taken back. Don't let it take you out. They're going to be hostile toward you. So, I'm just going to use her name. I don't care. She's done it on TV. So Jane Fonda, I read this in the paper. I don't watch The View, by the way. I don't watch that. But Jane Fonda was on The View, apparently. I read this in the paper. Or on, on the headline news. Jane Fonda said, they said, well, what do you think we ought to do about these people that's anti-abortion? She said murder. So let's not only kill the babies, but let's kill the ones that's for not killing the babies. I don't know about you. That sounds hostile to me. Hanoi Jane, that's her. Yeah. How would she get saved? Wouldn't it be good if the Holy Ghost invaded her? She got gloriously saved and got on TV and confessed all her bad doings and she had been wrong all these years. It, I'm telling you what, it had set TV on its edge. <laughs> CNN to blow a fuse. There's one more. There's one more. See, it's not just Lucifer that is tormented. And his torment, look, his torment of getting kicked out of heaven, I'm thinking, was pretty bad on the, on the boy because pride's found in him. I didn't read, uh, you can read Ezekiel 28, and it, it's in direct reference to the devil because it says this. It said, thou hast been in the garden. You've been found in Eden. Now they, they just, they just Adam, Eve, the Lord, and one more that showed up in the garden according to our book. It has to be in reference to the devil. Somebody said, that's talking about a king too. I said, weren't no king in the garden. Hello. Listen to this. Boy, this is sad. This is a sad verse right here. 
Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, a lot of people don't like this book because of those kind of statements that it makes. Lucifer's past torment will one day be present. Our living torment will one day be past. No more. I preached it here. I think I was here. I preached it. Last bad day. One of these days. One of these days, my little brother will never have another bad day ever. But here's the problem. Then we have the lost in permanent torment. It doesn't pass. It's always present. And it's always in torment. In Revelation 21 and 8, the Bible says this. He said, these are the part, that, that, these are they which have the part in the lake of fire, which is the second death. Talking about the lake of fire burned with brimstone, which is the second death. Now, you think that the world says that's cruel. Jesus' death on the cross was cruel. And I'm saved from the wrath to come because he took my wrath. And I'm not going to hell because... I asked him, forgive me my sin and make me his own, and he did. And he will. He's still doing that for people. That'll come. If you like to humble yourself and say, that's what I want, or he'll let you die. He'll let you die. But you know what tops the list of Revelation 21? It's not the idolaters. It's not the sorcerers, the whoremongers, the liars. It's not all these things. You know what tops the list? The fearful and the unbelieving. Tops the list of those that are, are going to inherit the second death, the lake of fire, burns and brimstone. The time of that torment is permanent, brother Jim. No escape, no way out. This is part of what, what disturbed me for a while with, with Trent and Karen and Chris and Melissa and Ebony and Bella, and Bella little girls. This is part of what disturbed me so greatly and I, I can't dwell on it. It still, it still bothers me, and, but, but, but God's helped me. He's helped me. He's helped me with uh, the 90 plus percent of people that die in the fire never burn. They die before the fire ever touched them. That helped me. That helped me. So I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm, I'm praying that was, that was the case. No, he knew what was happening because it went in the wrong door. That bothers me. There's three steps from the back door and they went in the bathroom. But the thing that Trent had gotten burned one time in a grease fire, Karen said, 
grease to set a stove on fire. She got the grease too hot, hot the grease caught on fire, and Trent come running in the kitchen and grabbed it, went running out the door. When instead of running backwards, he ran forward with it, and the grease come out of the pan, and it burned up on Trent's hand. You, she looked, thought she couldn't see it, but it burned his hand and part of his arm, and it had snowed real heavy, out, pretty big snow outside. He threw the pan out the back door and just stuck his hand in the snowbank, and he said, he said, he said, for a few minutes, he said, I couldn't feel, he said, I thought, well, put the fire out. You know, that didn't hurt too bad. And he said, then it woke up. And he that several like He'd been run over, Richie Hall run over him in a truck one night. And, I mean, just boys, just, you know, like motorcycles, four wheel legs, you know all about that. He said, brother, I'm going to tell you, in all my days, I've never had pain like burning pain. He said, I can't even describe it. He said, it was just on my hand, and my whole body hurt. I thought I was going to die. That was just a hand. So I knew that. I'm praying, God, surely you didn't let him burn. But you know what he'll do to them that don't seek his blessed son and what he done on Calvary for them? And let them they, that reject what Jesus done on Calvary, you know what he'll let them do? He'll let them burn all over forever and they won't have a friend around and it'll be dark and they won't even know it they can't see nothing it's just black burning you know who that is that's my lost family and yours forever burning in the blackness This thing more serious than we let on like it is. This the real deal right here. So I don't believe, I don't believe none of that preacher. I don't believe nothing about that book. That's just, here's what people say. That's just a book. A bunch of men wrote that book. I said, that's exactly right. They spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible said. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. I believe every bit of it from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, 21. I believe it's the unerring holy word of the almighty God. And if I'm wrong, hey, listen, if I'm wrong, it's not cost me anything. But if you're wrong, lost friend, forever I won't even let dogs suffer in pain I'll put a bullet in their head just to get them out of it ain't no bullet get anybody out of this no bullet no reprieve listen no reprieve no getting out of it if you're here and you're hearing me tonight or you're watching on that video right there, this hillbilly preacher's doing everything he knows how to do because the Bible said it just takes the word of God for you to be saved. And I've give you the truth of the word of God tonight. I've not made anything up. I just read it to you off the page. Now, God's pretty plain. 
I'd like to ask you, what would you expect God to do? Come pick you up, body slam you, and tell you be saved now or die? That's not how he works. It'll begin with an understanding, I believe. And belief will bring an action. We read it tonight. Faith without works is dead. Perfect scripture. God knew. Faith without works is dead. Knowing. No, what? What is that? It'll take an action. Faith is, a, faith is an action. It's belief, but it's got wheels. We believe. We, when we believe, we call, Brother Brands. We call. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We believe. How do we? What does that? Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. There's the understanding. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Just seek God while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Now I'm looking around the room tonight. Everybody looks safe to me. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. He knows who you are. He knows why you're here. He knows what you need. Amen. And you might be here tonight and you're in that tormented place. The devil's fighting you. The, 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 the people around you or your environment is hostile to you. And you need some help. Praise God. Yell for the big brother. Amen. Remember the story Hoy Duncan told? The little boy's getting picked on every day at school. Every day at school is a beating up on this boy and said, said somebody found out, said, hey, his brother's that champion MMA fighter or whatever that letters are. And they said, you're kidding. They said, oh, no. Said, that's him. Said, that's his brother. They said, man, we better not be picking on him no more. He walked into school the next day. People started spreading him. Looked like the Red Sea part. Letting him by, speaking to him, patting him on the back. Somebody said, what happened? Somebody else said, they found out who his brother was. You just let them know who your brother is. You let them know. God remind me of that the other night in Ohio. They prayed over Pat and I at the end of that service. God remind me who my family was. Play me something, Vernon. Everybody stand up and bow your head with me. every Christian in the building bow their head and start praying right now. I'm going to ask you if you're unsaved tonight you just make your way to an altar and just, just, just sit down on the altar. In that simple act of faith come humble yourself before God and say be merciful to me a sinner. Is there one in this room that do that tonight? That it just come? Humble yourself before God. Sit down on the altar and say, be merciful to me, a sinner. Would you come?
wilt thou be saved? Then why not tonight? Would you come? I'm going to tell you, friend. God said, God sent you a message tonight. Now, that's it. That's it in front of Mike McCoy. It's from the Lord. I know it is. I know it is. God doesn't ever. It's very rare God give me two messages on a Saturday morning. And he gave me both of these. What I preached this morning. What I preached tonight. He knew who would be here tonight. Would you come tonight? This is your night to come and make it right with God. Just do it. I'm telling you, any weakling can live for the devil, but it takes a strong man or woman to live for God. Would you come? Oh, come tonight. Someone's praying. As long as they pray, I'm extending. Would you come? Then why not tonight? Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.